You're listening to The Gathering Church Podcast, located in Asheville, North Carolina. The Gathering is a place where you can belong before you believe. To find out more, visit gatherashville.org. It feels good uh, two weeks in a row to have somebody to tell that they can be seated. For a long time, that they were just sitting or standing, whatever you felt like doing on your couch is what you were doing. And so it's good to have you in the room this morning. And a big welcome to everybody who is still joining us online. We are grateful to have you with us. We're honored that you're here. Thank you for being a part of it. And thank you guys so much for coming and worshiping together with us here in the room. Well, my name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor. And before I get going, I got a couple things I want to share with you. One thing, well, I'm excited about all of it, but I'm really excited about this first thing. Um, We've been talking for a few weeks now about a partnership that we formed uh, with the Asheville Dream Center. Uh, we, we, we have really, as a church, wanted to find a way to connect in, in our community in a way that is meaningful. You know, we, we really um, have had a year where we've been asking a lot of questions, and uh, we have been able to hear the people in our community who feel left behind and forgotten and unseen better than we have before this year. And as a church, we, we don't ever want to be one that just says, hey, Here's a handout. Here, here, here's a. Here, hey, we, we're going to pray for you and then move on. We want to be able to get in the, into the work and do something that makes a difference. And so, honestly, that is why we have gone all in on partnering with the Asheville Dream Center. These folks are doing it. Uh, the, the, the model, what they do is they have something called Adopt the Block, which is essentially a long-term relationship with an underserved community. They find a community that, that feels left behind and forgotten, and they say, hey, we see you, we're in it with you, how can we help? We're not going anywhere. And so they have been doing that in our, in our city for a, a couple months now, and, um, they, and we, we have, as a church, committed to say, hey, we're in this with you. We, we want to come alongside you in this. We want to partner with you in this, and, and we want to do whatever we can to serve our community together. And so we're going to have events for you to start serving at as soon as next weekend to be able to go into those communities and start building relationships alongside the Asheville Dream Center. But we also have an exciting one-time opportunity coming up in just over a week, um, the uh, World Vision, right? Robbie, World, World Vision is a, is a big nationwide organization that cares for people well, that shows up and, and does big events. And they wanted to do two large-scale food events in North Carolina. They chose somebody from the Western North Carolina area and from Eastern North Carolina uh, to partner with. And for Western North Carolina, they've chosen to partner with the Asheville Dream Center. And the Asheville Dream Center got this call from them, and they immediately thought, we need to call the Gathering Church and get them on this as well. What we're going to be able to do is the World Vision is going to be bringing a tractor trailer with 1,300 crates of food in it. And uh, we're partnering with the Y and with the Dream Center to get that food distributed. 
And so on Monday, uh, October 19th, we're going to be having an event where we're helping to distribute that food. And uh, this is just coming together as we share it with you. So we'll be getting a lot more details as we go. But this is a big deal. This is going to make a real impact in our community. And it's one more step in building this long-term relationship of trust and care with the people that we want to serve. And so uh, I, I would love for you to get involved with that. Get, keep your eyes on our social media and our emails, and we will be communicating uh, this week all the details and how you can be a part of it and how you can be involved, and uh, we would love to get you plugged in. And if, if you can't be available on that Monday, but you want to start to serve with the Dream Center, you can let us know on your Connect card, and we will uh, get you in, involved with that as well. We, we're excited about this, and we hope that you will be too. Um, today is a big day uh, because last week we came back to live in-person services. This week we're bringing back the growth track. It is back. It is growth track and we are excited. Growth track. Growth track is where you go if you are new to the gathering church and you want to know about who we are. You want some information about us. Uh, you want to know a little bit about our story. Growth track is where you go if you're ready to take next steps at the gathering and you're wondering how do you get involved. Growth track is where you go if you are ready to discover your purpose. And what we do in that class is just in a we briefly together have a uh, we share a little bit of our story and our our vision, and then we work with you to help you take those beginning steps in learning your why, discovering your purpose, so that together we can make a difference in our city. Growth Track is today at 11.15 in the family room, directly following service. And so come to Growth Track and join us there. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called Mistakes Were Made. Mistakes were made. We've all been there, right? Mistakes. Have you ever had a mistakes were made moment? Uh, a couple weeks ago, my parents moved into a new house, and one of the tasks that needed to be done when they moved into the new house was we had to hang a TV on the wall. And my dad and I, we're the greatest professional installers you could ever hire for anything. We're available if you need it, and I'll tell you why. We had to hang this TV on this wall. It's a big TV. It's a big wall. Easy peasy, right? We got the mounting bracket. It has four areas. It needs four holes in the wall. So we measured those holes to make sure they were just right, and we started drilling these huge holes in the wall. And we got the first two in, and then we put the thing up there, and it was not quite, you know, there was like a, there was a hole missing. And so we had to drill an extra hole to get it lined up. So there's one extra hole in the wall, no big deal, right? We got this thing working pretty good. We get it up there, one extra hole in the wall, not a big deal. We get the TV mounted and we realized that it's a little bit crooked so we had to move it down and put one more extra hole in the wall, just two extra holes in the wall, also not that big of a problem. Uh, and then we get the TV up there and we look at the TV and what we neglected to measure was where the TV would go on the wall. And so now the TV is two feet too high and one foot too far to the left. And so we take the TV, we thought we might get away with it, but that was the exact moment that my mom came down the stairs and said, what is going on down here? And we were just standing there like, mistakes were made, okay? 
we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get this. So we took it down and we drilled four additional holes. There are now seven holes on the wall behind the TV, but the TV covers it up. It's not a big deal unless you move the TV. My mom is sitting there thinking, don't be telling them about all the holes in my wall. And you move the TV a little bit and there are seven extra holes in the wall. Now, I wonder how many of us feel a little bit like if you move the TV a little bit on my life, there's going to be seven extra holes in the wall. Some mistakes have been made. We've all got mistakes that we're trying to recover from, mistakes that we, we, we're trying to put behind us. And sometimes I think we may feel like we have mistakes that are behind us, where we are, and where we're going all at the same time. We all make mistakes. And I think sometimes we let those mistakes begin to define us. We think they are all we are and all we ever will be. And so in this series, all we want to do is look at three different figures from the Bible who've made a lot of mistakes and who God chose to use anyways. Because God gives us purpose. We don't earn it. He gives it to us. And he is a redeemer. He can take any story, even yours, and make it work for his glory. He says it in his scriptures in Isaiah 44, 22. He says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud and your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. And Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I believe that if we've got a lot of mistakes behind us, but we're now on a path towards redemption, it's important to study these stories, to learn from them, and to be able to grow together from them. And so that's what we're doing in this series. Over the next three weeks, my goal is to help those of us who struggle to overcome our mistakes see that we are redeemed and through the stories of the redeemed, to begin to live our own redemption story. Today's message is titled, Labels. Labels. And I want to talk about the way we label ourselves based on the mistakes we've made. We label things, don't we? We assign labels to things immediately in our minds. If you walk up to a store, let's say it's a home goods store, and you walk up to that store and you see the, the name of the store in nice big black block letters over it. It's all windows, glass all the way across. You walk into the store, the walls are white. There, there's a lot of raw wood everywhere. You know what I'm saying? You know that in this store, the things are expensive, right? We label it right. This is for the Joanna Gaines people. This is for this is for the people who are showing up to buy some fancy furniture, right? On the other hand, when you show up to a store, let's call it a home goods store, and, and you show up and there's like security things at every single door, and you walk through two different sets of security things to get inside. It's fluorescent lights and concrete walls and metal racks. You're thinking, I'm going to get a bargain today, right? There's going to be a good deal to be had. We label things as soon as we see it from the outside. We label people based on who they support. We label people based on what they've done, what they drive, what they look like, how they dress. We assign labels to people naturally as humans the second we see them. We also label ourselves. But what we tend to do with ourselves is instead of labeling ourselves based on what we can see, we label ourselves based on what we have done. And instead of labeling ourselves based on all the good things that we have done, we tend to label ourselves based on the things we are ashamed we have done. We assign labels to ourselves and oftentimes they are based on our negatives. 
Some of those labels are things we've earned, mistakes were made, we made some choices along the way. Some of those labels were given to us by others. See, we all have labels, and sometimes we, or oftentimes, most of the time, we live out our label. Over time, whether someone gave it to us or we gave it to ourselves, we begin to live the label that we believe we have. So a failure is not just what I had, a failure is who I am. It's time for us to begin to change our labels. Today I want to look at a story of a man who let God change his label. I want to to focus on this story that's wild, that kind of happens in the middle of the narrative. Listen to this. Look at Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 uh, through 29. It says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. I'll explain what's happening. a wild story. And I'll explain what's happening as we go on. But I want you to know right now is that Jacob, in this moment, has an experience with God. And he allows him to change his label. If you're in here today and you're living in the wrong label, you're, you're living under the, the wrong understanding of who you are, I want you to know that your mistakes don't have to be your label, and all it takes is time in His presence to begin to make it right. So let's learn a few things about labels from Jacob today. First, your past doesn't have to be your future. Your past doesn't have to be your future. Jacob was a twin, and Jacob was born second, which was a big deal in the culture that he was born in. In that culture, whoever was the firstborn son was the main inheritor of his father's belongings and what they called the birthright. And since this was the line of Abraham, the birthright was the blessing that God placed on Abraham that one day you would become a great nation. It was a very big deal to be the firstborn son in this family. The Bible says that Jacob and his his brother Esau were born with Jacob coming out second, grasping on Esau's heel as though he were just trying and fighting to get ahead. And so they named him Jacob, which means he grasps the heel, which is a Hebrew idiom for he deceives. And this is how Jacob lived his early life. Jacob decided early on that he wanted the blessing of Abraham on him instead of on his brother. And so uh, Esau, Esau's name means Harry. Isn't that a great name? And guess what? Esau was in fact Harry. If you're having a son soon and you're looking for a name with a deep Hebrew meaning, I would recommend Esau. You never know. He might have a nice full hairy chest like David Hasselhoff, which is what, which is what we want to bless our children with. We're going to miss the editing function we had in online church real soon. (laughs) Can't fix it now, Matt. Um, So Esau loved to hunt. 
and fish and be outdoors. Esau was a man's man. Esau, you know, Esau had like a big knife probably, like a knife that like, in, you saw that and it's like, that's not a knife. That, you know, Esau was this outdoorsy guy and um, Jacob was a lot more indoorsy, okay? He was indoorsy. His main hobbies included cooking and hanging out with his mom. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with cooking and hanging out with your mom. Robbie loves to cook, you know. Robbie could be, and so there's nothing wrong with that, but that's how different these guys were. Now, Esau, Esau had been out in the field for a few days hunting and gathering and doing whatever it is he does, and he came back starving. And Jacob was making soup. And in Genesis 25, verse 30, it says, Esau said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. And Jacob saw the opportunity. Jacob, he who grasps at the heel. Jacob, the deceiver. Jacob, the manipulator. Jacob, always trying to get ahead, said, all right, but first, you have to sell me your birthright. And Jacob saw Esau's desperation and took advantage of it. In verse 32, Esau says, look, I am about to die. Do you have anybody in your life that when they're hungry, they're convinced it's over, that, that, that they, they, will, they will give away their birthright happily when they're hungry? Look, I am about to die. What good is a birthright to me? Don't ever let today's appetite rob you of tomorrow's promises. I wonder how many of us do that. We, we let what we want right now, the pain we're in right now, the struggle we're going through right now, the dreams or desires we have right now steal from our future. Don't ever let today's appetite rob you of tomorrow's promise. So Esau sells Jacob his birthright and time passes and Isaac, their father, is about to die and it's time to pass on the birthright, the blessing and he calls for Esau to give it to him and tells him to make him a nice meal and he'll bless him. So Esau says okay and he goes out to go hunt so that he can cook a nice meal and while he's gone, Jacob lives his label. Jacob makes a nice meal and goes in there to his dying father who is blind, puts hair on his arms to trick him into thinking that he is Esau and asks him to bless him. And it works. And Jacob takes the birthright. Jacob spent the first half of his life trying to cheat his way to the top. But God had a bigger plan for him than the one that he was cheating to take. God had a bigger dream for him than the label Jacob was living by. In fact, God had planned to use him, Jacob, to father the 12 tribes of Israel. God's plan was to change his name and use Jacob in ways that he had never even imagined. And God had begun that work long before he ever got his life right and stopped living by his labels. Genesis 31 tells us that Jacob amassed a huge fortune, the influence of which God gave him even while he was lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating his way to the top so that it could be used for his purpose once God changed his heart. Jacob just didn't know that way that yet. I don't know what labels you're living by. I don't know what mistakes you keep making. I don't know how you're letting those mistakes decide your future. Maybe you keep, disqualis keep disqualifying yourself for things because of the mistakes that you've made. Maybe you don't think you could ever get free of it. Maybe you don't think you could ever have a better future because this is just who you are. These, these mistakes define you. They're not just mistakes. They're your personality. They're your, they're, they're your heritage. That's what your dad did. It's what you do. It's what your kids will probably 